I thought I heard a sound podcast. It's Randy, uh, oh, Randy, Randy, uh, Pizernes. Pizernes. Okay. Exactly. Exactly how it's spelled. Okay. Randy Pizernes. Yeah. I wasn't sure if, um, if it was Spanish at all, if, you know, if there should be, I think it's Greek. It's Greek. Maybe. Okay. I actually, I haven't actually asked him, you know, um, but I, I know that, you know, it's pronounced Pizernes. Right. Right. Um, well, I know, I know you work with a lot of really talented people. And uh, I, I'd, I'd love to know how how you got connected with Randy, and um, just just for everybody at uh, at home listening, this is uh, this is Mick from I thought I heard a sound talking with Gabe Knoll, and we're talking about about a collaborator of his, Randy uh, Pizernes, a very special guy who unfortunately cannot join us on this call, but uh, but Gabe is more than happy to tell us all about him. So yeah, it's well. Thank you, Mick, for having us on. Uh, fortunately, yeah, Randy couldn't be here. He takes a, a little bit more of uh, his his uh, rider is kind of specific. You know, mainly uh, he doesn't need coconut water or any sort of like you know Trader Joe's trail mix. He does need a bit of pre production though because he gets a little stage fright. So he takes a while to program. He's my AI vocalist, um, and. You know, as far as I know, is the first uh, AI jazz singer. Um, the nexus, or the catalyst, rather, for collaborating with Randy was uh, a dear friend of mine named Pete Min, who runs an incredible studio here in Eagle Rock, California, in LA, called Lucy's Meat Market. And uh, it's a really an amazing space. He's a very talented uh, engineer and studio proprietor. And he had an idea at some point in the last few years to start his own collective, a uh, label, if you will, but um, interesting, unique approach to making music and collaborating. It's called Colorfield Records. And he started to reach out to local musicians, friends from the community to make their own uh, original music. And uh, another friend of ours had suggested, oh, you should hit up Gabe. He's always, you know, got, he's always got his ear to the ground. And I said, oh. When he called, when he contacted me, I said, "Hey, I got the perfect person. His name's Randy Pizernes. Uh, Randy, you know, is available." And Pete was like, "You know, sounds like a plan." So I got in touch with Randy, and uh, 
I was thinking of who would be the perfect collaborator or the you know perfect foil for Randy and I. Uh, is a close friend of mine named Sam Gendel, really um, incredible transcendent saxophonist and multi-instrumentalist and just a really interesting fellow who I knew would be down for the for the adventure so um the three of us along with Randy got together in the studio and over a few days time we recorded uh, a series of covers mainly jazz songs but actually it kind of runs the gamut we did one Paul McCartney song and one um uh the name escapes me right now uh, Jimmy Webb and and then some some of Randy's favorite jazz tunes as well as um Put Your Head on My Shoulder by Paul Anka and a duet with the incredible Inara George um, from the song, um, from the uh, musical Mame, My Best Girl. And we just got together and we actually recorded everything using one microphone. So even though Randy, um, you know, only exists in the ether, we actually reamped his voice through a speaker so we could all play together. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we've got a lot cooking for next for Randy, which we can get to in a second, but that's pretty much the... Uh, balsamic reduction of how we made the randy pizzerntas now at last ep yeah that's uh, that's pretty incredible and um you aren't really promoting it as a um ai fronted project the promotional materials that i received uh randy is presented as a fully fleshed out character and um someone who has fallen on hard times and is just uh, getting back up on his feet and finding his way back into the studio at last, after <laughs> after sort of a rough a rough turn of events over the last couple of decades, um, what what went into the decision to present this AI vocal as <laughs> like a totally new character as opposed to a creation of yours? Uh, per- presentation. It sounded like you were going to mix present and presentus to present this project. <laughs> to present um, this project, yeah. To present this project to the people. Um, so. So I'm primarily um, an instrumentalist and a collaborator in terms of um, composing and or, you know, uh, playing on other people's records or touring or film and TV, all kinds of little nuggets. But generally, I, I live sort of in the in the background. And um, Sam Gandell is s- similar to myself. He's, you know, we met as sidemen many years ago. Um, and he and I have always been whenever we've collaborated especially with one another or his solo material or any collaborative work between us there's always been an element of humor as well as i don't want to say subversion because i think that generally has a negative connotation to it but we thought it would be funny and especially sam was the one who said you know it would be really great is to present to present randy as just another person and to see how far we could take the uncanny valley which is you know this sort of phenomenon where something is human-like and yet a bit askew and so everything from you know the album artwork is ai generated even his bio is uh ai generated our press photos are ai generated and we wanted to see how far we could sort of push this sort of emergent media into into a lifelike space because it's been my experience working with any sort of generated vocal software it's actually very difficult to make something musical Unlike visual art, where I don't know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a scientist. I'm or a neurologist. I have no idea how it hits the brain. But there's something about AI-generated or a software-generated voice, singing voice, that can sound so artifacted. And uh, the goal was really to see how far we could stretch the, you know, suspension of disbelief. Right, right. And uh, Randy 
he's not like a he's not like a vocaloid. He's not like a Hatsune uh, Miko. Uh, what really does distinguish uh, something like the program that Randy is running on and uh, the previous generations of uh, vocal software that we've seen produce, you know, a number of uh, digital pop stars over the years? Well, um, you know, he's a he's a proprietary blend, I would say. Uh, there's nothing there's nothing really too too technically uh, unique about him. I mean, it's it was a uh, I will just say that it's a piece of very unintuitive software that I was operating and the really to gain the inflection or to really push the uh, lifelike qualities of him I I set some variables in which maybe he's not the most virtuosic singer <laughs> trying to sort of push the human like or even more like uh, yeah very human maybe a little more amateur kind of he's just getting back on his feet and then specifically reamping his voice so um we're playing his voice in a through a speaker in the room and then recapturing that with the microphone and then everything else is being played just to this one microphone as well in the room and then all of that is being eventually sent to um two inch tape so we really were trying to sort of you know go back and like uh take something that's incredibly artificial or digitally created and and kind of almost like a dehydrated food or something like trying to reconstitute it into a lifelike sounding offering. Well, I think you've succeeded in giving, uh, this sort of incorporeal character flesh, uh, you know, through that recording process that you described the acoustic element, I think, uh, of, of the way that it was recorded definitely makes it feel warmer than it might otherwise definitely makes it feel uh, more human than maybe some of the other vocal software that's out there. Um, and I, I really appreciate the effort. And it did get me for, you know, the first couple of listens. Like, I, I really could not understand what was going on with Randy's voice. Uh, the first couple of times I listened to um, Now at Last, uh, I thought it was somebody singing into a machine that then was pitch correcting them. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And eventually, eventually, eventually just listening to it enough, I picked up on enough of the uncanny elements that I, I figured out, okay. This is this is not this is not human at all. Well, that's this the is interesting. Else. Yeah, that's the interesting sort uh, adventure. Again, like you know, I'm just really a musician by trade, and I'm not any sort of like a programmer or any sort of specialist, lingu- you know, linguistic specialist, or really even an engineer. That was just sort of the fun adventure of um, making the record with Sam and Pete was um, and Randy was to just see like how you know how something might might come out. You know, we weren't really attached to um, any sort of dogma other than, you know, the material that we picked, as well as some of my favorite musical moments just in antiquity are sort of the unexpected. Like, um, for instance, I mean, Sam and I are both like big time jazz, big time jazz fans. And there's an incredible Miles Davis record that is escaping me right now. I think it's maybe The Sorcerer. It's definitely during the period of... uh, you know, one of his most famous quintets with Wayne Shorter, rest in peace, Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, and Tony Williams. So here they are at the forefront of jazz, really making some of the most cutting edge music at the time. And the label asked them to do one more song that happened to be a collaboration with Bob Durow. And Bob Durow, I think it was a young Bob Durow. He's a singer who's most well known to the masses as doing the music for 
um, Schoolhouse Rock. I think I'm just a Bill and Three's a Magic Number, I believe. He was most famous for his uh, contributions to Schoolhouse Rock. Anyway, at the end of this recording session where they've recorded all this really wild, really cutting-edge instrumental jazz, Bob Duro comes in and he sings a song um, called Nothing Like You Has Ever Been Seen Before. And uh, I don't know, Mick, if you're familiar with this with this piece, but it really sticks out at the end of this jazz record. It's really like a real outlier. And that, I would say, is the was my personal primary inspiration for Randy Pizerndes. What What about that song uh, specifically inspired you for this project? Um, you know, first of all, the 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 tonal qualities of Bob Duro, uh, his singing in particular, is very plaintive and very interesting, and really and really sticks out in terms of just where it lays in the in the canon of Miles Davis's music, as well as Miles Davis's record, especially at that time. And I would say sort of approach, tonally, delivery. And then the other the other recording that, that we were really inspired by is the classic John Coltrane, Johnny Hartman duo album. And uh, the Johnny uh, Hartman, John Coltrane duet album is also another one of our all-time, one of my all-time favorite records. Um, for those that aren't familiar, Johnny Hartman was also another crooner different than Bob DeRoe, but just this incredible, sultry voice. And one of the things from a historical standpoint that I think is so amazing about that record, in which we covered one of the um, we covered one of the songs, Autumn Serenade, we covered on the uh, EP. One of the things that's amazing about that historically is that during the time period which they recorded this album of pristine ballads, you know, with saxophone and uh, and voice, it's the exact same time that they were recording a Love Supreme, which for those that don't know is John Coltrane's sort of magnum opus, something that really um, has influenced every jazz musician one way or another that's come after it in terms of like the birth of like sort of spiritual jazz and modal jazz and some of the things that are commonplace now. Uh, John Coltrane really pioneered through this album, a Love Supreme. And to me, what's so incredible is that that exact same quartet Jimmy Garrison, McCoy Tyner, and uh, uh, Elvin Jones, they concurrently made this unbelievable exploratory album, Love Supreme, while simultaneously doing the sessions for John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman, which is the most like restrained, pristine, and masterful accompaniment of a voice. And to hear those two things sort of side by side, to me really is like the essence of real mastery and uh, those are two of my influences for making this Randy jazz record. Oh, I could definitely hear some Johnny Hartman in Randy's oh, voice. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, did <laughs> you did you train the AI on uh, Johnny Hartman and Jimmy Webb and um, some of the other jazz crooners from the early '60s? Or no, how did, I, how did I he did get not. that sound? So he, it's just kind of what came out was, uh, like I said, very close to kind of Bob Duro. I think I would say musically tonally he's just kind of came out the gate sounding very artifacted and very much like Bob DeRo. and so I use a series of um, variables to sort of humanize him and then really had to go in and fine-tune him according to what we were doing so it was a couple step process that I don't want to remove all the magic behind Randy but it was it was a couple step process in referencing the original and sort of recontextualizing like i said i think the best way to put it 
metaphorically speaking is like you know if you ever you know check out like a what is that like an mre like a, a military like or what is it ready to eat like dehydrated food and how you just would be like it's beef bolognese all it needs is hot water you open it up and it like looks like dust and then somehow you like add water to it and it's somehow you know supposed to resemble what do we call that simulcra it's become some sort of resemblance of what it's supposed to be and uh ultimately that was kind of how randy came out i'm excited for the next iteration i would love to do something again with randy collaborate with him should he be available of some original material because i think that that will push us into a new zone but for the first offering it was fun to really keep ourselves constrained by antiquity and doing these like kind of older songs doing kind of an old meets new yeah it actually was it was actually really hard (laughs) it actually presented itself presented itself as being difficult because you know we sort of put ourselves in a box but it made it more fun in that way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no i like i like the fact that you're using this technology to kind of collapse time a little bit you're going back to kind of the beginning of the kruna era to find inspiration for this new invention this uh this you know ai jazz crooners this this new kind of technical development um i like the fact that you're drawing on the past to make the future possible thanks mick well you know the interesting thing i would say is that uh or one of my oldest friends Shout out John Gillen, Goody Bags, one of my one of my besties. He um, is a very masterful um, Alexa programmer and and is always inspiring me in different ways. And I was visiting him in Seattle, and he was playing me some of the AI generated ambient music, which escapes me. There's a name for it, but it was really beautiful. I, I actually really enjoyed listening to it in the car while we drove around, and I found it to be really relaxing. And I think that's interesting. It really speaks to sort of the bumper lanes that exist with like AI generated music, right? I mean, AI generated ambient music is aleatoric. It's, you know, sort of um, textural. It's very, it can kind of be anything, right? So in that respect, the possibilities of it being, oh, Endel, that's what it's called. Being beautiful is, is I don't think, uh, uh, an insurmountable task. Whereas making uh, as you said, you, you reference like Miku, Hatsune um, Miku, or music that has vocals to it, it really gets pigeonholed. It kind of pigeonholes itself really quickly just because of the nature of music, you know? And so it was fun to try to like recreate something old, as you said, collapsing time, I think is really cool. That's definitely what we we're going for, just as just for fun, really. So as a musician, are you worried about being replaced by future iterations of Randy and similar AIs? (laughs) So that's funny. That's a really funny question. So obviously I see the world mainly through the instruments that I play. And I would say first and foremost, I'm a bassist. And then I also play the cello. And then I also just kind of monkey around with other stuff. But interestingly enough, through the lens of bass, my favorite bass like the bass that I would really consider to be like my Bible, right? The the bass that I really, really think about whenever I play the bass, like WW, you know, RBD, what would Ray Brown, what would, for instance, Robbie Shakespeare, the legendary reggae bass player who also just passed. The interesting thing to me is that generally speaking, there's no semblance of perfection. The funkiest bass, the most intriguing bass I think of Kachao, the legendary Cuban bass player. It's not perfect, you know? 
And I think that the no matter how much we would train, I mean, again, I'm ready to be proven wrong, but I don't know how we could ever in the infinite learning of AI, how it could ever be trained to play with those human like qualities. I don't know. You know, I'm ready to be surprised, but the little imperfections, it's kind of out of tune, sort of funky and weird. That's what makes it human. And I don't know if that could ever really truly be sublimated. But um, for situations where that human quality isn't necessary, uh, do you think that there's maybe more commercial reasons um, or situations where the company just wants a specific sound to be you know, close enough to people to meet people's expectations and it's easier to have a machine do it than a, than a human being? Do you see that as sort of on the horizon, or? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the I'm not the right dude to to comment on that, to be honest, because oh, okay. I mean, I know that there's the Chat GPT and there's you know the AI generated art and there's all this you know I, I I don't know I think that that Randy Pizern test the project was more of a testament to like well let's see how far we could take you know something as human like something that is human driven as folk music like Jimmy Webb or or you know, old school jazz, right? Like those things, I wouldn't say they're diametrically opposed, but let's just say there's really, it's really hard to cross that uncanny valley between like uh, Miku and Ella Fitzgerald. You know, those are just like so like fundamentally, you know, far, so sonically far from one another that we were like, let's see if we can like kind of find a bridge between them, you know, through some of the techniques and some of the things that I shared earlier. And, uh, it's funny because, uh, again, I'm ready to be uh, surprised. But as far as like music is concerned, I, I don't know how I don't know how AI could ever take that place. Something that I really love about music is the fact that I feel like I'm making a connection with someone while I'm listening to it. That there's something that someone else somewhere in the world at some time wanted to say, needed to get out of them, and that they are either now performing and saying that thing to me while I'm listening to them, uh, watching them play, or that they committed it to tape. And now I can hear what they had to say really at any time, you know, kind of at my convenience, but that there's still that that connection there, that there's still some intention that, that I am uh, receiving as the audience um, that isn't just, you know, my pure pleasure of the music, but actually feels like it actually has some sort of a social, actually has some sort of a, you know, a value-based character uh that i'm actually mm-hmm. receiving something from someone else from another human being getting a piece of their mind um and that's that's one of the things that i really love about music and uh i don't think that that'll ever be replaced by an ai because the ai is just there to please you so that's that's, yeah, that's I mean, my again, thought on it yeah i mean I'm, I'm ready to be surprised i just i don't when i look at like um you know, when I have a play with like Dolly, for instance, the uh, AI generated art, it's so cool. It's so surprising. I just don't understand. I just don't see how the AI, how how sound could be sort of sublimated in the same way. I just don't in the experiment with Randy. And then also just as a, as a practitioner myself of, of music making, like I don't I don't see how a computer or anything that's trained for, as you said, pleasing you or perfection could ever really capture um, some of the essence of 
what makes music emotional, right? The emotional content of music is actually in its perfect, in in its imperfections, which I was saying about like Robbie Shakespeare or Kachow or like my favorite bass players is like when I listen to it, you know, it's not like perfectly in tune. It's not like somehow flexion of like a, per- a perfect moment. It's more of like just the feeling behind it this sort of this sort of metadata behind it which is ultimately like emotional you know the funkiness the the timing the rhythm the human like qualities it's like i don't really i don't really foresee how that could ever be uh replaced one of the things that i think attracts me so much to the randy uh Pizernta's project is that uh it isn't perfect in a lot of ways you know i was still able to figure out the puzzle, you know, take apart the Rubik's Cube and figure out, you know, on my own that this was an AI. And that in realizing that I am also seeing your intention come to life through this tool, this this uh, this AI program. And like I was saying before, that uh, that sort of mix of intention and, um, you know, that, that human will behind, you know, this machine, that is something that I recognize in all music, really, and that I enjoy. Uh, not just about your project, but then also about, you know, a lot of the uh, um, jazz that inspired it. You know? well, yeah, just having that, having that synthesis, I don't, again, like, I don't know how it could ever, that could ever really be replaced, you know, in music. Um, even, yeah, even when you listen to like the most artificially created or digitally created electronic music, like you can still feel I mean, I, I still can feel sort of the human element behind it. So you said that the next phase for Randy is original <laughs> music. Have you have you started writing that at this point, or is that kind of just a far off goal? No, we. D- I tried a couple experiments. I have a, actually an AI rapper uh, as well that I had been experimenting with. Um, their name is Sander, and uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. Currently, um, I just kind of have a lot on my plate um, in terms of my own personal workflow. So Randy's taking a break, but Randy's going to come back at some point we're going to have uh, uh maybe an e- another ep of original material well that would be really cool It'd be something that i'd definitely be looking forward to if you can find the time for it um, right on, well, you... it's good to yeah. know that we got a fan out there <laughs> at least one <laughs> we got um... somebody listening don't go chasing What do you uh, what do you have coming up next for you know your own your own uh, solo work uh, outside oh. of, outside of the project that we've been discussing? Well, you know, most honestly, most of my work is um, collaborative in nature. So quite a bit of film and TV, my day to day. Trying to think of like what's uh, 
It's something like note. Well, actually, funny enough, a, a close friend of mine uh, named Ishan Shapiro invited me up to the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, where they've uh, put together this dancing robot they call Bobka. That looks like a bobcat, a blue bobcat, and uh, but is named Bobka after the uh, dessert. And I'm going to be doing a live accompaniment to this robot's dance. That should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, uh, you're doing a lot of collaborations with machines. Is this is this where you expected your career to be in 2023? I mean, we are in the no, future. I, I no, feel like I guess I guess so. <laughs> These are just it's funny because you ask. No, day, my day to day really hasn't changed other than Randy and his collaboration with Bobka next week. No, generally I would not consider myself to be any sort of like techno futurist whatsoever. Most of my life is pretty uh, is pretty straight up and down. There's all kinds of uh, all kinds of records that I, you know, been working on that are slowly coming out, but, you know, I'm excited about the Elson Brad and Okay, you know, so it's cool. Enjoying myself. Where, Mick? Where are you? Where are you based? Um, I'm out of Chicago. Oh, my hometown. No way. There you go. That's where, awesome. Whereabouts are you? I'm I. I mean, I'm on the west side. Uh, sort of um north center area, like oh, uh, okay. like yeah, Lincoln Square. Nice. Uh, well, nice part of the city. Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Like it. Yeah, yeah, it's really mellow. Um, well, Mick, I um, unfortunately I have to hit the road in a second. I have. Can you believe I'm working on the weekend? All right. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with me and you know talk to me about this really interesting project uh, that you have uh, put together. I know that you said a couple of times that you're uh, not a technical wizard, that uh, that most of your life is analog, and um, I think that that makes this project just that much more interesting. The fact that you would you know embark on this futuristic mission to 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 rouse a, a crooner out of the ether uh, via technology, yeah. even though this is not this is not necessarily your your forte. So. Uh, bravo! Thank, well, yeah. thank you, Nick. It's nice to know that we that we got a fan out there because the uh, keeps us going. It's hard to love her 